0: Right, Yevamos Yerches Amir Aleph, 18a1 in the art scroll Gemara. The Gemara was just discussing the Machlokes, the dispute about Yech or Ein zika. Do we have this idea of a strong connection uh, between the brother in law and sister in law after the brother passes away? That it's like they are married to the extent that uh, it forbids the brother-in-law to the sister-in-law's relatives, that you're, it's forbidden for the brother-in-law to marry the sister in for example, the sister-in-law's mother, or any other uh, type of relative, or do we say that, no, uh, They are it's permissible for the brother-in-law to marry the relatives of the sister-in-law? And just parenthetically, what we're discussing here is after, let's say, the sister-in-law passes away, which is something that we discussed in last week's recording. After the sister-in-law passes away, before you're able to do even Rechelitzah, there's just this uh, potential connection at the time of the death, right after the death of the brother uh, before doing even Rechalitza. So then the sister-in-law passes away also. is the in law is the brother-in-law allowed to marry his sister-in-law's mother or not? Do we view that, view it as if they're married and therefore it's forbidden? or are they not married? Do they not have such a strong connection and therefore it is permissible? So the Gemara is now going to ask a question. There seems to be a proof one way or the other. Why do we bring down this whole topic? Because of our Mishnah. They're going to bring a question from our Mishnah. As Masab Ravuna Bakhia, Rahuna Bakhia asks the following question from our Mishnah. Just if we rev- just let's review our Mishnah. The Mishnah was discussing a case of H S el Shaloya Shalai the case of the brother who was born after his brother passed away without any children. And we say that if you're born afterwards, so then you're not involved. You're exempt from the mitzvah of yibum or Chalitza. And so the end of the Mishnah said, let's say there are three brothers, meaning two brothers are alive at the same time. Ruvain and Shimon are alive at the same time. Ruvain is married to Rachel. Shimon is married to Leah. Ruvain dies without any children. Levi is then born. Levi is born after Ruvain dies. And Shimon, the Mishnah discusses the case of where Shimon does ma'amar with Rachel. Ma'amar is a form of engagement, a halakhic, the equivalent of a halachic engagement. Shimon now is halachically engaged on a rabbinic level, let's say, to Rachel, fully married to Leah. He was always married to Leah. So the halacha is, Levy certainly, and then Shimon dies. Sorry, Shimon then also dies. So now Rachel and Leah are now potentially uh, have an obligation to Yibam and Chalitza, Levi is totally exempt from Rachel, because he was born after Rubain died, the first Rachel's first husband. And so Levi was born afterward, totally exempt from Rachel. With regards to Leah, who was Shimon's wife, well, we say you should do Chalitza and not do Yibam. This is what the Mishnah says, because to do Yibam we can't do, because Shimon did Ma'amar. Shimon already did this quasi form an engagement. Uh, on a rabbinic level so it's like they're co-wives it's like Rachel and Leah are co-wives if Rachel and Leah are co-wives so then there's a totally there should be a total exemption but it's not completely co-wives because this is only on a rabbinic level uh, on a biblical level they're not married at all Shimon and uh, and Rachel so Leah is the only wife to Shimon so then maybe there is an obligation to do something for Leah, so because of that, the halacha of the Mishnah is that you should do chalitza, you don't lose out by doing chalitza, you gain by doing chalitza, you're not doing yibum because potentially they're co-wives, and that would be a prohibition, if there's no mitzvah of yibum, that would be a prohibition of marrying your sister-in-law, so we're not going to do, tell them to do yibum, but they could do chalitza, because if they're not viewed as being co-wives, Rachel and Leia. so then there would be an obligation to do chalitza with Leah. So the Gemara says, whoa, slow down for a second in our Mishnah. Our Mishnah says that this is only a discussion if Shimon did Ma'amar. And then he passed away. He did Ma'amar. He had this quasi-engagement. If he didn't do Ma'amar, if he didn't have this quasi-engagement, it sounds like Levi, the newborn brother, could do Yibam with Shimon's wife, with Leah. But wait a minute. If we hold Yezika, if we hold the principle that there's, all, there's an there's already a connection at the time of the death of Ruvain. It's as if Shimon is married to Rachel, to Reuven's wife, even before anything happens, and it makes it that they're like relatives, that they're more than just brother-in-law and sister-in-law, but it's, it's some form of a marriage. So then even without mamar, the mission says only if there's mamar. but even without mamar, we should say that Shimon is married to two women, to Rachel and to Leah. To Leah because it's his actual wife. To Rachel, because just by the mere situation that Reuven passes away without any children, that should create a connection between Rachel and Shimon. So Shimon be, should be viewed as having two wives. Rachel and Leah. Shimon has two wives. So then, certainly, uh, we should say that Levi is exempt from doing uh, from doing anything with Rachel or with Leah. At least you should do chalitza with Leah. But why did so? Why does our mission say specifically if mamar was done? Implication being if mamar wasn't done. Levi could do Yibam with Shimon's actual wife with Leah. It's not true. He shouldn't be able to do Yibam with Leah even if there wasn't Ma'amar because there's already a connection between Shimon and Rachel and it's like Rachel and Leah are (laughs) co-wives. So we should prove from here, from our Mishnah, that we really hold Ein Zika. Because it's a problem. If you hold Yezika, even without Mamar, without this quasi-form of an engagement, there's already a connection between Rachel and Leah. So it must be that we hold that there is no such connection, Ein Zika, that there's no connection between Shimon and Rachel, unless you do Mamar. Our Mishnah is dealing with Mamar. But before Mamar, then we wouldn't say there's such a connection, and then it's just Shimon and Leah. Certainly, Levi, if you hold Ein Zika, there is no connection, then Levi could do Yibam with Shimon's actual wife, with Leah, because Leah and Rachel are not a co-wife. But if you hold Yezika, so then, why does our Mishnah discuss Yezika to say that there's a prohibition to do Yibam? Because if you hold Yezika, Rachel and Leah would really be viewed as co-wives. So that's the question of the Gemara. We seem to prove from our Mishnah that we hold Ein Zika. There is no such connection. The Gemara answers back, no. The The gemara says no. It's not. It's not a good deduction. Not a good deal that was just made by the gemara. The gemara said, Ah, oh, our mission discusses mamar. Implication being that if mamar was not done, Levi could go ahead and do Yibim with, uh, with Leah, with Shimon's actual wife. The like says no. Rabbah says no. It's not true. Really, Levi could never do even with uh, with Leah, with Shimon's wife. And the same law that would apply before Mammar also applies after Mammar because the Mishnah holds Yesh Zika. You could make the case that our Mishnah, you can present the case that our Mishnah really holds Yesh Zika, and whether it's before Mammar or after Mammar, either way, Shimon is really. Someone married to Rachel. It's like Rachel and Leah are co-wise. If Levi is exempt from Yibam with Rachel, he's also exempt from Yibam with Leah. And therefore, what he has to do is just Khalitza with Leah. Oh, why didn't our mission say that case? Why did the mission give the case specifically of Ma'amar? So the answer to that is that because you might have thought that if Shimon actually did Ma'amar and then Shimon died, the cases where Shimon did Ma'amar and then he died as opposed to him dying without doing any Ma'amar... So then there's an opinion out there, Beishamai, Beishamai is of the opinion, that once Shimon does Ma'amar, it's like a complete kinyan. it's like a complete marriage, where Shimon is completely married to both Rachel and to Leah, and one would have thought, that Levi doesn't have to do a thing. He wouldn't even have to do Halitza with Shimon's actual wife, with Shimon's wife of, uh, of Leah. Because since Leah and Rachel are complete co-wives, so then there's a complete exemption. We say that any time that there is an erva, that there is an exemption of Ibn mechalitza to one wife. Certainly, that also applies to any of the co-wives. But we originally thought that Maamar is not an actual co-wife. It's only on a rabbinic level that they're viewed as co-wives. It's not a real marriage. But Bishamai holds no; it is a real marriage. So you might have thought that Levi should be exempt from doing Ibn mechalitza, even with Shimon's first wife, with Leah. The Gemara says no; we don't follow that opinion of Beishamai. Kamash Malanda we don't follow the opinion of Bishamai, and really. Uh, Levi would have to do chalitza with Leah because we don't view it as though they're actually co-wives 100%. It's somewhat co-wives to a certain degree, maybe on a rabbinic level, but they're not actually co-wives. And th- therefore, Levi is required to do chalitza with uh, with Leah. Okay, that was one challenge. The Gemara now goes into a new challenge, new question from another brysa. Acevea baia baia asks the following question from the following brace.
1: This is the case.
0: Shne ya khn bol ma khar. U me sa khme hen. Belo vlad. Ve omra shne ya ze lasas my mar be vimdo. Belo his pic lasas bum my mar chna lo akh u me. Ari shne o khlatsis u me sa bemes. Biam se chiga have It's a very similar case. The case is as follows. You have two brothers who are alive at the same time. One of them dies without ch- children. The second one doesn't do anything. Nothing. Right? Similar to the case that was not mamar, not the case of remission, but doesn't do anything. Levi's born, right? So Reuven died. Shimon is around. Didn't do anything. Levi's born. Shimon then dies. The halacha is in this b'risa that Levi should do chalitza or yibam with Shimon's wife. With Leah. Reuben was married to Rachel, Shimon was married to Leah, and the B'risa says that Levi should do Yibam with, has the option of doing Yibam with Shimon's wife, with Leah. Either to do Yibam or to do Chalitza. But the Word says, I understand, if you hold Yezika, if you hold that there's really a connection that Shimon, it's, once Reuben passes away, Reuben was the first one to pass away, it's like Shimon's married to Rachel, and it's like he's married to Leah. So then once Levi's born, Levi is certainly exempt from doing anything with Rachel, because he wasn't alive at the same time as Ruvain. But now if you hold Zika and Shimon has it's like he has two wives. He has Leah, the wife he always had, and then there's Rachel, who's his wife through Zika, through this concept of Zika of this connection that happens automatically once the brother passes away without children. So then why should Levi have the option of doing Yibum with Leia, with Shimon's wife? If it's if Shimon is, is it's as viewed as Shimon as though Shimon is married to Rachel, just like Levi is exempt from doing anything with Rachel, he should also be exempt with Leah, because it's like a co-wife. So this seems to prove to us that this brysa holds einzika. There is no such connection. If there's no such connection, so then I can understand. It's not like Shimon's married to both Rachel and Leah. No. Shimon's only married to Leah, not to Rachel. And so therefore, if Shimon were to die also, so then Levi could do Yibam with Leah. So the more answer is, so does this brysa prove one way or the other? The brysa, The more answer answers. no. You're right. This Bresa has to hold Ein that there is no connection between Shimon and Rachel. But it's it's a specific person. It's a, The author is Rav Meir. Others argue on Rav Meir, but Rav Meir himself, he holds Ein that there is no such connection, which is why Levi, if Shimon were to die, meaning Reuven dies, with Rachel as his wife, then Shimon dies, uh, with Leah as his wife, and then Levi, who's born... Before Shimon passes away, so then Levi could do Yibam with Shimon's wife, with Leah, because we hold Ein Zika. There's no connection. Levi, sorry, Shimon is not married to both Rachel and Leah at the same time. Now the Gemara asks the following question, is it really true that Romero holds Ein Zika? I could try to prove to you, says the Gemara, Abaye asks, that really Romero holds Yezika. There is such a connection, from a different Mishnah. right? So the Gemara just answered that Romero holds Ein Zika, that there is no such connection, we don't view the brother-in-law and sister-in-law as though they're married the moment that the brother passes away. No, it requires even for us to view them as married. And that's the opinion of Rumeir. But is that really true? Does Rumeir really hold? There is no such connection. But the Mishnah that was taught by Remeir says as follows. Here's the case. Okay, here's the case. The case of the Mishnah, which we'll have later on, is a case where you have four brothers. Four brothers. Two of the brothers are single, let's say. The other two are married to two sisters. Right? So you have two brothers married to two sisters and a total of four brothers. So two single, two brothers who are single and two brothers who are married to two sisters. So let's say as follows. You have Ruven, Shimon, Levi, and Yehuda. They are all four brothers. Ruven is married to Rachel and Shimon is married to, let's say the opposite way, just to make things a little is eh, Fine, Reuven is married to Rachel, Shimon is married to Leah, and then you have the other two brothers, Levi and Yehuda. And what happens, Reuven and Shimon both die. Rachel and Leah are sisters. The case is also where Rachel and Leah are sisters. Reuven and Shimon both die. What's the halacha? Hare elu below Misyamos. We say, the halacha is, is that uh, the, the sisters, the two sisters, Rachel and Leah, they... Are now have this uh, obligation to do something, the halacha is that you should only do halitza with the sisters. We should only do halitza with the sisters. Why? Because of the following reasons. The reason is, the Gemara assumes this is the reason, because if you hold yeh zika, that there really is a strong connection, it's like they're married, so you have two sisters now, that, that have this option of Yibam and Chalitza, and there are two live brothers around. So if you think about it, if you hold Yezika, that means one brother, it's as if he has this somewhat form of marriage to both sisters. The other brother has this sort of marriage to also to both sisters. Both of them do. Now if one of the brothers were to do yibum with one of the sisters, and marry her, so then he's marrying one of the sisters, but he also still has Zika to the other sister. He also has this other connection this connection which happens automatically once the brother passes away. So let's say here were to in Madari Rachel, but Leah he still has a connection with. And so it's like he's marrying the sister of the one he has a connection with. That is a prohibition. You're not allowed to do that. It's a rabbinic prohibition, but that's not allowed. You're not allowed to marry somebody who you already have that type of relationship with, that Zika type of relationship with. So if you hold Zika, you can't do even So that's why we say, do Chalitza. Both sisters you have to do Chalitza with because... If you just did it with one, if you did Yibam, so then, uh, if you did Yibam, so then you'd be marrying your Zika's sister, the one that you have already a connection with, with the sister. For either sister, that would be true. So the Gemara says, that's why we tell you to do Chalitza. But if you were to hold Ein Zika, if you were to actually hold Ein Zika, and again, the author of this Mishnah is Meir if you were to hold Ein Zika, why would he tell you to do Chalitza to both sisters? Why can't, one brother do yibim to one sister, the other brother do yibum to the other sister. It should be perfectly fine. We should allow one brother to do yibim and then the other brother will do Yibam, and it wouldn't be a problem. Why can't, uh, why can't we say that? One brother will do Yibam. It's not like he's married or, or has some sort of connection to the other sister. We, Romero holds Anzika, We just said Romero holds einzika, so there's no connection. So one brother should do Yibam with one sister, the other brother should do Yibim with the other sister. So this is really a strong question that Abai has Because we just said Rav Meir holds Ein If Rav Meir actually holds Ein Then in this mission why would he say that The two sisters have to do Chalitza One brother could do Yibam, the other brother could do Yibam So the Gimari answer is no Really Rav Meir holds Ein Oh, Why can't you do Yibam to both sisters? Mitzvah So the Gemar answers as follows. That really, Romer holds einzika. But what's the concern here? The concern here is, let's say as follows. Let's say you allow them to Yibam. So let's say one brother does Yibam with the other sister. But the concern is that maybe the other brother is going to pass away before he's able to do Yibim or Chalitza. So the concern is, one brother, let's say Levi, does Yibim with Rachel. And then before Shimon, before, sorry, before Yehuda does Yibam with Leah, Yehuda passes away. So what's going to happen now? Levi can no longer do Yibam or Chalitza. It's a total exemption from Leah because he already did Yibam with Rachel. If he already did Yibam with Rachel, he's married to Rachel. So then there's a complete exemption on Leah because even though Leah originally had to do Yibam or Chalitza, but now the only live brother is Levi, Levi's already married to Leah's sister, to Rachel. If, if Levi's married to... Leah's sister to Rachel so then there's an exemption of Yibam Rechalitza if your sister-in-law is also your sister-in-law in in the other direction it's your wife's sister so then there's also an exemption of Yibam Rechalitza so our concern really we hold Anzika, but our concern is that you are not going to be able to fulfill the mitzvah of Yibam Rechalitza Leah had a mitzvah of Yibam Rechalitza before before Yehuda passed away but the concern is that maybe Leah will do Yibam and then Yehuda will pass away and then Leah won't be able to do anything so as a result of that, we say, you know what, everyone should do chalitza. Solve the problem, everyone go ahead and do chalitza, because we, we don't want to come to a situation where Leah, at some point in time, had this mitzvah of and because Levi married her sister through yibum, then there's a total exemption once Yehuda passes away. So to get out of that, to make sure that we don't uh, get rid of this mitzvah of yibam, we say you can fulfill the mitzvah by doing chalitza. Chalitza is also a mitzvah. So you do Chalitza, which is the mitzvah, you do Chalitza to both sisters, and that solves all the problems. Just parenthetically, you might think that this is a bit of a stretch. Our concern is that Levi is going to end up marrying, doing yibum with Rachel, and then Yehuda is going to pass away. Are we always concerned about people passing away, that people are going to die? So Tosos deals with that question. Are we always concerned that people are going to die? Maybe there's a difference between a long-term concern versus a short-term concern. On the short-term, we're not concerned. On the long-term, maybe we are. But that's a discussion that it is discussed amongst the Rishonim.